What's up, everybody? My name is Dustin Rubio, part of the Limitless Leadership Team and youth pastor at City Church Swansea. And this is the Limitless Leadership Podcast, a conversation designed to help youth leaders connect, think, and grow. Welcome back, everybody. So good to be back on the Limitless Leadership Podcast. And I know I say this every time, but it's always true. And I am particularly excited, Dustin, about today's episode. Not just not just this month's episode, actually. Next month's episode as well, because we've got two, not one, but two episodes uh, with the man, the myth, the legend, Martin Saunders. Martin, welcome to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. Wow, what an introduction. I don't know how to follow that. Everything <laughs> now will be a disappointment for the next two months. <laughs> for the next two months buckle in for two months of disappointment no um really really delighted to have you here martin for those who um maybe don't uh know you who don't recognize your name tell us a little bit about your journey in youth ministry uh, what that's been over the years and what you're doing now okay yeah well that, i'm sure that'll be the majority of people so hello i'm martin uh i uh have been involved in youth ministry for about 15 years i uh i started off really as a journalist on youth work magazine as it was then uh and uh and really i hadn't even done any youth ministry at the time it was just a job my career was taking me into media and uh i then got this job as a journalist at youth work magazine and the editor at the time said look if you if you want to stay involved in this magazine you're going to have to do a bit of youth ministry and so uh so i tried a bit and I guess that the short story is the rest is history. Uh, and I, I've done youth ministry pretty much every week of my life ever since. Uh, was involved with Youth Work Magazine then as editor within a couple of years of that and stayed as editor of the magazine for 10 years. Uh, around that time, I also founded uh, Children's Work Magazine, uh, which is just about to merge into Youth Work Magazine. Look at that, those two things colliding. And uh, and also uh, helped to run the Youth Work Conference in Eastbourne and Southbourne and then founded the Youth Work Summit as well with some others. Uh, so I've done a bunch of national stuff in, in youth ministry, but I've also all the way through uh, been involved in youth work in local churches as a volunteer. So what I want to know, just as a little, you know, warm up, because this is a youth ministry podcast, yes. so we need to do an icebreaker. Okay. It's, it's, it's obvious. What I want to know is in your in your time, and of course still your time now writing for Youth Work Mag and for Christianity Mag as well, yeah. I, I, I've seen that you've put out there a few articles which just, you know, push people's buttons Possibly. a little bit, cause a bit of controversy. Yeah. I want to know if you've ever been um, at the wrong end of any trolling. <laughs> Uh, and I'd love, I'd love you just to share a, you know, obviously name-free story about some things that have been said to you that might not have been too kind. Yeah. Well, I, well, I, so I, I also uh, am very fortunate that uh, uh, the the sort of biggest Christian website in in the UK is uh, a website called Christian Today, and they use me as a, a sort of contributing editor, which means I get to write some articles for them. Uh, and I can pretty much pick my subject. And as a result, that's sort of outside of youth ministry, really. Uh, I, I tend to, because it's mainly American readers, I tend to upset quite a lot of people quite often. So I'd say I must have been trolled over 100 times, like on 100 separate occasions with different articles over the last sort of three or four years, uh, mainly, mainly from Americans um, who have called me... Dustin? No, not Dustin, actually. Well, I don't know. Often they don't... No, I, I'm actually a big fan. They don't. Well, you're very nice, but they they don't they don't leave their names. Uh, but I've been called a uh, a satanist. Wow. I've been called a uh, terrorist sympathizer. Wow. I've been called a undercover Muslim, a secret atheist, uh, and various other things. And and I've actually had two people, quite high profile people, who I am going to name: uh, Michael Hyatt, 
who is the, uh, the, the writer who wrote Platform, the book by which a lot of leaders uh, misguidedly swear. Um, and, uh, and also Bill Johnson, the pastor of Bethel uh, Church in Redding, California. They've both written kind of repost articles to me. They've both written rebuttals wow. of things I've said. And I think that's like the ultimate form of trolling, wow. isn't it? When, when Michael Hyatt calls you a moron in an article on his, on his website, you're like, that is, that's super level trolling. How's, how's that? Uh, yeah, that, that, that's how we're going to promote this episode. We'll just put that on there, hashtag all those, all those things. Yeah. Well, it's great to have you. Um, so let's just get into it. We, we want to pick your brain on a book that you've written, uh, uh, Spiritual Disciplines. Yep. Yeah, let's just get into it. Speak yep. to us about that. Well, look, uh, this this book's a few years old, actually. Um, so I'm not I'm not on the promotional tour for it, uh, and uh, it may be coming uh, less and less easy to buy, I think. But it's the it's the book I've written that's had the the lowest sales and the the best reaction. Wow. So I wrote a book called The Beautiful Disciplines uh, three or four years ago, which is basically an attempt to recontextualize Richard Foster's masterpiece, the uh, Celebration of Discipline. Yeah. For youth ministry, uh, because that book is is brilliant, but it's also quite dry. Uh, youth workers would a lot of youth workers would try and read it and and would enjoy it, but would struggle to know how to relate that to young people. And so the challenge I set myself was: this wisdom is massive. We all, we all acknowledge that Foster's wisdom is huge, but how do we take that and, and apply it to youth ministry, the sort of youth groups that volunteers might run, uh, you know, week by week? So uh, so that's what I did. So I turned it into a sort of simplified for dummies version with uh with accompanying resources and it's called the beautiful disciplines okay so it, it's the for dummies version so talk us through what are the spiritual disciplines very good so uh spiritual disciplines are essentially uh ancient tools by which people connect to god so the most obvious and familiar one of those is prayer so most of us use prayer as a tool by which we connect to God. And people have been doing that for thousands of years, obviously. Uh, but actually, if we look back a few hundred years beyond kind of the Industrial Revolution, there were loads of other practices which were part of the life of most Christians. But, you know, before the age of having your mobile phone to distract you all the time, before the age of uh, comfort and, and industry, uh, people found a lot of other ways to build those connections with God. And so what happened was uh, the, the, the ancients and the mystics had these very connected three-dimensional relationships with God where they accessed him in all these interesting different ways through sort of every aspect of their being. And so uh, I guess Foster's uh, trying to connect, reconnect us with some of those ancient ways of, of connecting with God. And uh, Dallas Willard, who is one of the greats of a spiritual formation, uh, describes uh, spiritual disciplines as, a, as an activity within my power um, by which I uh, achieve something I couldn't do on my own strength, a supernatural activity that is within my power by which I achieve something uh, which I couldn't on my own strength. What he means is, um, it, it, essentially, there is a discipline part to it. So it's within my power to do these things, but there's a supernatural element, which means that by doing that, by by putting the work into my relationship with God, God honors that in a supernatural way and things happen that couldn't happen on my own strength. Um, and I think that's a really good way of describing it. Okay, so, so the big question, Martin, is, why is this important? Why, why is this important for youth leaders? Why is it important for youth leaders to help their young people engage in these ancient practices? Why, why is that important? Yeah, I mean, it's a great, it's a great question. Um, the, the problem I see um, in youth discipleship 
uh, there are many problems in youth discipleship, but the, the, the biggest single problem I've encountered is that young people have quite a brittle faith. They have a relationship with God that doesn't survive the knocks. So the, the statistic, it's around 75% of our young people who go off to university wow. lose their faith at university because they go there and they, uh, you know, we put all that investment into them over those over those years but they get a knock at university. They, they suddenly, lots of people want to have sex with them or lots of people want to go out drinking with them or lots of people present different competing worldviews. And their faith, for whatever reason, that we've been building through all our programs over those sort of four or five years, don't suddenly count for very much and they, they lose their, their way and they go off. Now, there is some hope in that statistic. 75% is the, the statistic that Miriam Swaffield at, at uh, uh, Fusion uses. But, uh, but actually, I mean, I was one of those guys who was in Christian Youth Group and I went away at university and then I came back afterwards. So there are quite a lot of us in that camp. Um, but there is an issue with uh, our discipleship not surviving that knock. And I think... Uh, one of the key pro- key reasons for that is the the rise of the charismatic youth ministry and youth pastor. So you, what happens is young people develop this relationship with uh, the youth worker rather than directly with God. And youth workers, if we're not careful, become the sort of Old Testament high priest. So young people kind of build that um, relationship with their high priest rather than directly with God. And, and obviously that's not the New Testament way. Well, and that reminds me, uh, I think it was our second episode, Dustin. Do you remember when we had Laura Hancock, who's on our kind of national leadership team, and she uh, is at YFC as well. And she talked about how she had to learn when she was starting out in youth ministry that her job wasn't to get the young people to like her or to build a relationship with her. Yes. It was to get them to love Jesus and build a relationship with Jesus. And that's what you're describing here. Yeah, yeah. These are the tools to help people not just... Of course, it's great if they we build friendships and you know good relationships around people, but this is not the end game, is it? No, it's no. To point them to Jesus, help them to build those relationships with Jesus. Okay, so Foster uh, separates these these disciplines into three. So That's right. He yep. talks about the disciplines that uh, in, that are influential for ourselves, yep. those that are influential for others, and then those that we do together. That's what, right. What are those disciplines? And, and, That's right. Yeah. So uh, so Foster, I think, talks about. 12 uh, or 13. In my book, I think I just did uh, 10. Um, and uh, essentially the first set are those ones that are sort of inward disciplines, things probably the most familiar set actually for many people. So they're the things that you do, as Jesus describes, you go and you go into the, the quiet room and shut the door and do them in secret. Um, so they're things like prayer and fasting uh, and uh, and study, which um, which isn't just about the Bible, actually. That's about taking time to understand and appreciate uh, the whole of nature and everything that's being created. Uh, so it's more than just studying scripture, although part of it is studying scripture and meditation. So um, those practices that are about you uh, going off totally on your own and uh, and investing in, um, uh, in directly into your relationship with God. Um, um, prayer is our most familiar uh, spiritual discipline, but I think often we really limit um, our uh, uh, our idea of prayer, don't we, with young people and with adults. And how many of us fall back, you know, even our church context, we fall back into a very familiar process with prayer where prayer is about, you know, sitting in a circle and uh, one person prays and then another person prays. And I don't know about you, in those contexts, I spend most of my time thinking about how to compose the most poetic, brilliant prayer. <laughs> 
I don't spend much time actually listening to anyone else's prayer. And you're also thinking, oh gosh, everyone else's, there's a list of requests and he's prayed for that thing and she's prayed for that. And, oh That's no. So true. So true. <laughs> so, so, and I think we need a bigger version of prayer for young people. Really, that is, that it, you know, the, the Paul's, uh, is it 1 Thessalonians where Paul says, you know, pray continually. Mm. It's this this vision for prayer, which is that at any moment, like like almost like a crazy person, you can just turn to God and say, "Oh, that's interesting, isn't it?" And "Oh, God, I really care about that." And you know, the the, the version of prayer that drives past a, a road accident and without breaking stride says, "God, I pray for that that person. Please help that person." The kind of uh, prayer that just is walking around the supermarket and remembers, uh, you know, uh, to pray for a friend, and you just do it as part of your everyday life. That's the kind of vision right. of prayer, and that is the discipline of prayer. This idea that prayer is always on it's like a sort of wi-fi version of prayer on a dial-up version of prayer um so so we we um that's really good i like that thanks you can you can take that as your own that's fine um but uh, but so that's one and uh, and fasting's a slightly dodgy one to do with young people because some young people have issues around eating um but in a consumer reality there's loads of things you can fast from as you know so uh, one of the hardest ones for young people would be your mobile phone uh, you know, and uh, social media and things like that. There are a bunch of uh, different things you can get young people to uh, to abstain from and create a vacuum into which God can move. Yeah, so then you've got this uh, outward set of disciplines. This is really interesting. So these are the things that you, you're still really doing them on your own, um, but when you do them, they can't help but impact the people around you and the community. I mean, Christianity is a community faith. We've turned it into this individualistic pursuit of, you know, Jesus, my boyfriend, God, God, it's all about me. But actually, uh, that's not what Christianity is. It's about God's relationship with a people and then with all people and communities of people. And, uh, and so these, uh, these disciplines are the things that when you pursue them, others can't help but be impacted by them. So uh, submission and service is a really interesting kind of pairing of two uh, spiritual disciplines. We're pretty good at service. We're less good at submission. But when, you know, Jesus, Jesus has the disciples arguing about who's going to be the greatest. And he says, you know, if anyone will be first, they must be the very last and the servant to all. And so teaching young people in a, in a consumer individualistic society that actually how to be first, how to be the greatest is to put yourself below and beneath everyone else, put everyone else's needs and agendas ahead of your own. That is a radical and countercultural message, but actually it's liberating. It frees you from the, the need to always be right, to always have everything your way. It's brilliant. And, uh, and you, there are some you know, very practical things you can do with young people, exercises where you get them to essentially list out all the people who they struggle with and then you challenge them, you know, right, how are you going to submit to that person? How are you going to put that person's agenda ahead of your own? And it's a brilliant and liberating pursuit. So, uh, so that's, that's submission. Uh, simplicity is another one uh, which, which has a big impact on, on um, the people around you because if you start to simplify, if you start to strip back what you have uh, and what you do, that's, that's very prophetic in this culture. Simplicity, simplifying, only using what you need uh, is incredibly prophetic. And it's great for the soul. It connects you uh, with God because, again, by taking away, by stripping away all the stuff that gets in the way of your relationship with God, you create room for him to move. Uh, and then 
silence is a really interesting and prophetic thing, which, which I think young people don't struggle with. We think young people find silence difficult. They really don't. Um, they actually love it. And when we've done silent retreats at Youthscape, uh, the organization I now work for, when we do um, silent, uh, silent workshops and silence with young people, they, they do three minutes, then they do five minutes, then they do 10 minutes, then they want to do 20 minutes. And you would never imagine that possible. But if you go in with the expectation, they will act up to that. We're talking about spiritual disciplines with young people, and, and you were just talking about how, um, you know, putting other people first. But with youth workers, if we can kind of transition to youth workers, yeah. sometimes in a healthy way, we tend to put everything first, um, yeah. whether it's by our choice or not. Yeah. So so how can youth workers just practically every day practice these sort of spiritual disciplines? Yeah, I mean, that, that the problem you're describing there is that, um, you know, as leaders, we're often so focused on on putting out and uh, and investing in other people's spiritual well-being that we don't take the time to uh, to invest on our own. I remember being in a hotel room with a very well-known Christian leader in America who said to me, um, uh, do you know what? I haven't spent time on my own with my Heavenly Father for six months. Wow. This guy was just about to go out and lead 5,000 people uh, from, the, from the stage. And he hadn't spent time with God alone in six months. And we, we create this facade around ministry, uh, all ministry, that, uh, that the leaders have got it all sorted and they're right. spiritual superheroes. And actually, the reality was, you know, this guy, I, I still have huge respect for him. But, uh, you know, that was the reality of his spiritual life. So we do, we need to invest in these things. We need to make time. We need to prioritize it and see that we can only lead young people and their discipleship out of our own discipleship. So if our discipleship is rubbish, then, uh, you know, our own discipleship journey is rubbish, then our discipling of them will be garbage as well. And so so it's it's hard, but these same disciplines, these same pursuits have to be a priority for us uh, or we'll be no good. Yeah, one one of the things I, I keep trying to say to youth leaders, Martin, is I, I really believe this, that the best gift we can give to our young people is a model of the person we are yeah, praying they will yeah, become. Absolutely. And so we may be listening to this podcast and thinking, oh, yeah, how do I, how do I get engage our young people in this? But actually, the yeah. first question is, how do I engage yeah, yeah. in these things myself? Okay, so so maybe then last question just before mm. we, we wrap this up. Uh, give us some real practical tools. Okay. Um, that we can help. Maybe just pick. Maybe let's just maybe let's just talk about Bible study. Maybe yeah. maybe prayer worship. Maybe those entry points into the spiritual yeah. disciplines. Yeah. Give us some real practical tools of how we can help our young people to engage in those both corporately together in our groups, but perhaps more challengingly and potentially more importantly on their own in their yeah. homes. Yeah. Uh, you know, in their own rooms. How practically do we help young people engage? Okay, great. So uh, one activity I've done a lot of time with uh, youth groups around prayer is to get them to think about uh, just a, a simple brainstorming activity. Think about all the ways that humans communicate to each other. And they'll come up with a list actually once they start listing social media networks and semaphore and all the other kind of you know, dance and all the ways that people communicate to each other. Uh, they list this huge thing and then there's, there's this mind-blowing moment when you say to them, right, Think about how many of these ways you could actually use to communicate with God. And you could run a little workshop where you say, what does it look like to write Twitter prayers? Young people don't use Twitter, but you know what I mean. Uh, What does it look like to Instagram your prayers? What does it look like to dance your prayers? And so that's a simple way to just uh, blow open their preconceptions around a discipline like prayer. Uh, With uh, simplicity, again, you know, there is a list making exercise you can do with them. Where you just get them to write down all the stuff in their life. So uh, what is what, what does your bedroom contain? What is all the stuff that you have in your room? And what really do you need? And what actually 
actually could you give away where could you have less to ask the same question about the way they spend their time you know write out uh, or, or speak out the ways that you spend your time where could you do less and therefore you know where is there room for you to do actually more of the right stuff and so on um, submission again another simple exercise which as we were talking about you know get young people to identify who are the people with whom they struggle the most and try to f and encourage them to make a prophetic response of submission to that uh, uh, celebration uh, discipline we didn't get a chance to talk about really but 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 have parties in your youth ministry. Take time to celebrate. We're the resurrection people. You know, we're a celebration people. But, um, but so, much, so much of the time we don't look like we look like the people who stand against everything. So take time in your youth ministry to party and celebrate. This is so great. And uh, Marta, I just want to ask you about one more thing because um, when, I, when I talk with, with youth leaders, you get the sense that we, we're all aware that there's this epidemic um, with mental health. Yeah. And we, I, I talk a lot with our youth leaders about that. Yeah. We're all facing that challenge in our youth groups. I don't know if you agree or disagree, but I think there's an epidemic of Bible illiteracy. Yeah, absolutely uh, and, agree. And I think that's a huge problem because I think some of the shifts we've seen in popular theology, let's yep, say, yep. are because people don't know their Bibles. That's right. They don't read their Bibles. They don't know how to understand, uh, uh, you know, they don't, and, though of course we wouldn't use this word, they don't have a hermeneutic or That's a process right. for right. that. And so we've got young people who are more influenced by yep. influential people yep. with YouTube you know, YouTube uh, channels with theology. and uh, with Absolutely. blogs than yes. they are actually from their Bibles. So I want to know, how do we help young people to get into the Word of God yep. by themselves? Yep. Uh, you know, we, uh, we do Bible studies, we do that stuff, but by how do we put things in their hands to help them get to know and love their Bibles? Exactly. Great question. Uh, so the spiritual discipline of study uh, is sort of the, the hardest one to explain and the longest kind of one to explain. Um, but it's, uh, it's probably the most fruitful. So giving young people the tools to properly study Scripture for all it's worth involves, first of all, um, the, the lost art of rote and repetition. So we've, we, I don't know about you, when I grew up, you used to learn memory verses. So you would take the Bible and you would look at a passage, you look at a verse and you would read that verse over and over again. And you'd actually learn it. And there's that verse, isn't there? You know, I've hidden my, uh, your word in my heart, Lord. There's this idea that actually there's, there's, a, uh, there's, there's a discipline, there's a, there's a virtue in uh, learning bits of scripture. And as you say, that's kind of been lost. So the, the first stage of the discipline of study is about rote learning scripture and actually, you know, just looking at something a lot of time. Also, the, uh, the practice of then uh, meditating on Scripture, so trying to understand what it's saying and what the Spirit is is saying through it. So, what is the uh, what is the, um, the the meaning of the passage in terms of the or the or the verse that you're reading, and then what also might God try to be saying through it? Um, and uh, and this the kind of there's a four stage process to study, which um, uh, is around repetition, uh, concentration, uh, and I'm forgetting one, but uh, and then meditation and interpretation and the meditation sort of taking young people through that process uh, and teaching young people that process of of sitting with a passage not just not just kind of memorizing it but also trying to understand what it's saying what it means and what the spirit is saying through it i think actually although that seems harder giving young people the tools to do that properly that that can make the bible come alive in a way that just reading it through you know in a straight way doesn't so so that would be it's it's not easy but if you can if you can teach young people that method of of really interrogating the scripture for what it's worth and what the spirit is saying through it, um, then I think they develop a, a more lifelong relationship with it. Oh, that's so good. 
Thanks, Martin. It's, it's such a good reminder for youth workers to make sure they take care of themselves and, and practice spiritual disciplines, but also some, some new thoughts and some new things uh, for youth workers to do in their local youth work. Um, thanks for your time. We could continue to talk about this. Um, uh, yeah, so people can check out the book, still selling the book. Beautiful. Yeah, it's called The Beautiful Disciplines, and it is on Amazon and other good booksellers. <laughs> yes. There it is. Thanks, Martin. Appreciate your time. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. We want to make sure that the Limitless Leadership Podcast is tackling the issues that affect you in youth ministry. So email us at info at limitlesselam.co.uk to let us know the issues you'd like us to discuss. Stay in touch with us on social media. We're at Limitless Elam on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, and YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or however you get your podcast. See you next time.